And now it's my pleasure to introduce our keynote speaker for the ceremony, Eloy Ortiz Oakley. He is the chancellor of the California Community Colleges, which is the largest system of higher education in the nation and the third largest in the world. Uh, we count over 2.1 million students across 115 different community colleges. Chancellor Oakley began his own academic career in the community college system. After serving four years in the US Army, he enrolled at Golden West College. He then transferred to University of California, Irvine, where he received his Bachelor of Arts in Environmental Analysts and Design and Masters of Business Administration. He went on to serve as Vice President of College Services of Oxnard College and then to Long Beach City College, where he served for 10 years as the Superintendent and President. He was appointed to the University of California Board of Regents in 2014 and to his current appointment as California Community College's Chancellor in 2016. Chancellor Oakley is best known for implementing innovative programs and policies that help students succeed in college. For his efforts, the James Irvine Foundation recognized him with their 2014 Leadership Award. And in November of 2016, President Obama recognized him as a White House Champion of Change for his work promoting and supporting the National College Promise Movement. Please join me in welcoming Chancellor Oakley. Thank you for that warm welcome, and it's a pleasure to be here with all of you. UC Davis School of Education, what's going on? All right. You know, this is the most important ceremony of this entire university. It's the most important ceremony for me personally, because many of you are going to come work for the California Community Colleges, I hope. So, uh, many of you are also going to do research on the California Community Colleges. Many of you have already started to do that research. Many of you will be involved in K-12 education, sending many of your students to the California Community Colleges. And many of you will be principals and superintendents, college presidents, academic senate leaders. So all of you are becoming part of a very special world of education, of public education and private and special education that makes up the fabric of educators that you are all part of now. So, for me personally, it's very important for me that I start off by ensuring that I have a picture of all of you because when you send me your resumes in the future, I wanna be able to pick you out of this picture and remember that you were the most special class of any school of education that I attended this year. So do me the favor of posing real quick for a picture. All right. So um, I won't take too much of your time, but just a little bit of time to express, first of all, my appreciation to um, the faculty and to the leadership here at UC Davis for the opportunity to speak to you, your parents, your friends, your family members today, um, and also to you for choosing this profession, for choosing this line of work, uh, for choosing this calling. It is a hugely important calling, particularly now, 
now in this moment in time, now in this moment where the, the whole nature of education, the value of a credential is being questioned, the value of a higher education is being questioned. And to be honest with you, part of that challenge was created by us as educators. So you will have a special responsibility, a responsibility to regain the public's trust in what we do as educators. So, you know, it's interesting. We, in higher education, talk a lot about equity today. And I'm sure you've had a class or two where the issue of equity has come up. Equity in outcomes of students in K-12, in higher education. Equity in terms of opportunities to be a faculty member at one of our institutions. Equity in opportunity to become a leader in higher education. Equity comes up a lot. And so it's interesting, you know, you find yourself in this moment in time and this paradox. Uh, how many of you attended community college by a show of hands? Okay. How many of you are the first in your family to obtain a higher education, whether a bachelor's degree, master's degree, or PhD? Great. How many of you are children of immigrants? How many of you are DACA students? No, we have at least one. So, the reason I ask you this question is getting back to this paradox. You all in this room today are part of a very small sliver of the general public in America. You are privileged to have had the opportunity to gain the education that you are now celebrating. And though, for those of you who accomplished the great feat of obtaining your PhD today, you're even a smaller slice. So, we as educators have relied on this selectivity for so many decades, so many centuries in higher education, uh, that now we need to shift the dialogue. We need to shift the paradigm. We have, for far too long in higher education, focused on selectivity over inclusivity. That paradigm has to change. And it's going to be in your hands to change it. We need to democratize access to education. We need to provide better opportunities to all Californians, and for that matter, all Americans, regardless of where they come from or how they got here. And so there is a struggle within higher education. And some of you may have read books about it. Some of you have done research about it. But now it becomes up to you to lean into that challenge. And we need more people to lean into that challenge. It is one thing to read about and study the challenges we face in higher education. It is another thing to take that learning and put it into action. Why? Because our system has honored for centuries conformity. Don't ever allow yourself to confuse 
collegiality with the need to take individual action to improve outcomes for your students. Let me explain that because that comment gets me in trouble sometimes. We need individuals to take action in the classroom, in committee meetings, as researchers, as leaders. We need individual action within the context of creating a collegial environment. Everyone's opinion should be honored in a collegial environment, okay? And sometimes the minority opinion needs to be taken more seriously because for decades the minority opinion in many of our institutions has been that the status quo has served us well enough, let's maintain it. I'm here to challenge you that the status quo is not serving us well anymore, at least not for the majority of Americans. So I challenge you as educators, as researchers, as leaders to lean into this challenge, to bring the courage that's inside you to the table. And I know that when you reach your institutions, some of you already working in institutions, there will be pressure, there will be pressure to silence some of your thinking. There will be pressure to go along with what is going on in the department, the school, the university, the college. And while it's important to be a colleague, it's equally as important to raise your voice when you think that we are not serving our students well enough and that we can do and should do better. So I challenge you to do that. Make no mistake, it will be difficult. It will be difficult. Our system of higher education was established and enshrined in a model that is rooted in selectivity. Think about US News and World Report. What does it measure? It measures selectivity. It measures you not so much on how many people you admit to your university, but how many people you exclude from your university. Think about the measures that we rely upon. SAT and SAT to get into our universities. You, particularly the researchers, you know, you now know how biased those standardized exams are. Are we going to continue to allow the status quo to exist or are we going to challenge the data? Are we going to challenge the paradigm? Are we going to challenge the structure in which we are inheriting? Or are we going to make it more welcoming to more students of all types of backgrounds? So I will begin to, to close with this. I have great hope for our future. We have some great leaders in our system. UC, the CSU, our nonprofit independent institutions, the community colleges, and our K-12 system. California has led the way in a number of reforms that the rest of the country is paying attention to. I have never been more proud to live in this great state of California. We here can celebrate, not disparage, diversity. 
We celebrate the differences that exist on our, our campuses throughout California, and we value them. So bring that spirit to your work every single day, regardless of what you do in education. Bring that spirit of inclusivity to your work every day. Do not fall into the trap that not all students can succeed. I assure you that given the right environment, every single student who enters our public schools can and will succeed. It is not up to the student to figure out how to conform to us. It is up to us to figure out how we're going to meet the student. And that's every student. So I appreciate the work that your faculty have done to prepare you for the work that you're going to do. And I appreciate the calling that you've answered to work in this field, this very important field. So I look forward to hearing about all the great things that you do. I look forward to the many of you who will work with and interact with the community colleges. And no matter what you do, bring that spirit of equity with you. Bring that spirit of inclusivity with you. It's going to take us many, many years to break down these silos and to break down this narrative. Inclusivity is where value is created. Bringing every person up to a higher standard of living because of the interaction with our institution, that's value. Taking a student who's already at third base to home is not value. Taking a student who was not even admitted into the stadium to home plate, now that's value, and that's the work that you're going to do. So thank you very much for having me here today, and congratulations to you and your families and your friends.